the Cogent Code podcast, logical and convincing, a deep dive into the standards and rules we live by in today's society. I'm your host, Akil Bechtimba, and my co-host is Sia Parker. So um, I guess one thing we can start with is kind of who you are and what your background is, and then I'll do the same. Oh, you want me to start? Okay. I was going to say ladies first, but you know, that that's all right. I guess it was 2020. So we won't, we won't get stuck there. Um, kill back Timba. I am uh, originally from the Bay area, living in Atlanta, outside of Atlanta. Now 47 years old, male fit into, uh, you know, those demographics, I guess. And then, and I, um, as a profession, professionally, I'm a, I'm a consultant. I, I run Vanguard Consulting Group, LLC, and we do a lot of work with workforce development, programmatic uh, development. We do change management. We do branding. We do, you know, just a, just a bevy of, of options and, and services. And, um, and I have a team of professionals that, that work with me in my group, um, from PhDs in medicine to, you know, to PhDs in education and uh, technical support, the whole nine. So um, that's me. Reason why I'm interested or excited about, about what we're doing now is that I think that we have a voice. I think there's a lot going on in the world and, and I'm really excited to work with my friend of almost 30 years uh, in this effort. Yeah. So for me, um, I'm Sia Parker. I have a very interesting, I think, background. I currently work in telecommunications for uh, a carrier. I won't name the, the specific right. carrier, but um, and I've been doing that for about 15 years. But I ended up in a um, in a role as a market manager, so I run engineering and operations. The thing is, is that I actually went to law school thinking that I was going to be an attorney and happened upon this business in the second year of law school due to a friend kind of needing some help. Mm. Um, and then I ended up really liking it and sticking with it. So in my current function, I think I manage about uh, 45 uh, people mm-hmm. uh, and I deal uh, a lot with my legal background with a lot of the landlord tenant issues we have and a lot of settlements that we have to do with the landlords. And I I focus a lot on training within my organization Mm -hmm. and have developed uh, some training um, for diversity and inclusion and uh, also just the basics of how people uh, should negotiate wireless leases and, and things like that. So um, not where I thought I would be, but definitely um, kind of mix some of my education with my experience. Um, the other thing is I'm single. Um, so I think we come from a, a, a varied perspective, you and I. Mm-hmm. I'm 44 years old and um, I am heterosexual. I just like to say that just because, you know, I'm sure we'll cover a variety of topics. Right. Um, and so... I think that I'm excited about doing this because there's a lot of podcasts out there. I listen to a lot of them uh, and, and they're fun to listen to, but I, I feel like 
an unstructured format, a little more unstructured format would be interesting uh, right now for people who kind of want to see it from two different perspectives mm-hmm. um, and kind of uh, get a mix of what it's like, I think, for me to be, a, and, and I'm sure for you to be an African-American in corporate cultures where right. uh, you're having to have a duality that's not completely natural, but you've adapted to for so long that it's it's something that you definitely have to present on a daily basis. So, mm-hmm. no, that's dope. I um, I, I think also what's exciting about this is that, uh, as I mentioned, we've been friends for a long time, and it's and it's you know we have so many conversations between the two of us that you know that I leave that conversation like, man, that would have been cool for other people to hear, you know, yeah. minus some of the, maybe some of the personal stuff, but definitely the subject matter and kind of the opinions and, and the thoughts and the, you know, really, I mean, critical, critical thinking about what is going on in the world. And, and, uh, and I think that it would be, you know, it, some of that may be useful for, for some people um, out there. So, uh, you know, if we definitely grow this and, 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 you know, increase um, some listenership. I think, you know, it may be a very good use or a very good tool for, you know, for those that are, you know, trying to, trying to kind of understand different perspectives and how to move forward on certain things. So. uh, Yeah, I think it's, it's important to get the conversations going. And I think amongst, I think uh, flies on the wall uh, for a lot of people's conversations, you know, a, a lot of us have a lot of opinions uh, they may make it into our inner circle. Uh, mm-hmm. Now we have social media, so sound bites of it make mm-hmm. it to the outer circles. But oftentimes, I see it gets misconstrued, or it's not very. It's the the conversation doesn't fully evolve or close. It kind of just sticks out there as a moment in time or an opinion you had. Uh, and I think it's really important that some of those ideas get tied off. Or, or at least the conversation continues right beyond right. Um, what you see on social media or tweet or a, or a Facebook story. I agree. I agree. I get out of the uh, kind of the microwave, you know, ADHD kind of every single moment, something new and really kind of delve into what what's really happening and how, you know, how to engage it. So I'm with it. So the three, so three main adjectives to that you believe describes yourself. You go first. Um, I would say that I'm loyal. Um, I'm, I would say opinionated, of course, that would be something that describes me. And I would say intelligent. So, yeah, I I think we have at least a couple of them the same. Um, I would, I, I would say pretty introspective. Um, I would say, um, optimistic, and then I would, I would, I would definitely say it's a mix between intelligent and and uh, passionate. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, I think the combination of all of those between the two of us uh, puts us in a good space. Yeah, I think so too. I, um, you know, I think another thing that's interesting about us and the age that we're at right now is that. Uh, we came up in, in a generation where social media kind of came out uh, at in our older years, right? Mm-hmm. We were in our, our late 20s, I would say mid-30s, social media and the different avenues that people have now to express themselves. Um, we're not there as we were right. growing up. I remember getting a cell phone, I think, 
um, in my senior year of high school, I think I got a cell phone, which was 1994. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. But you, but you, you got yours way. I'm going to even look so much worse than this because I was rocking the pager. I think during those, those years, I think I didn't get a cell phone until I was like 26 before 25 years old before I got a cell phone. So that's yeah. a little ridiculous. Maybe I was broke or I don't know what it was, but it it sure didn't uh, didn't actually happen until until then. And then obviously it's a tool I can't live without. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there was some pressure. I grew up in I didn't say this before, but I grew up in uh, Orange County, uh, right. in California, which was uh, interesting in itself being. Uh, I, I'm, I'm biracial, but I, I consider myself an African-American woman. Mm. But at, at the time, um, my mom is Asian and she's from Guyana. So she's from South America. And my father is African-American and he was from um, Harlem. So, you know, coming, coming and living in California was an interesting mix with an immigrant parent and a non-immigrant parent, um, Mm -hmm. in the household, but it was very, uh, it's a very affluent area. So, uh, where you, where you grow up, you're very competitive as far as the things that people have material items. Right. So getting a cell phone, even if it was the block one was like, super. that was, yeah, it was the thing to do. Yeah. 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 No, I dig that. I dig that. And it, and it's funny, like you said, I, I, we grew up in different spaces. I, I, I grew up in the Bay area and actually um, when I say I grew up in the Bay area, I really grew up in the Bay area. I lived in, um, you know, for those of, of who are listening that, that uh, know the Bay, I lived everywhere. I lived from Daly city in San Francisco to San Leandro, to Hayward, to Vacaville, to Vallejo, to Oakland, to, um, Richmond to, I mean, the whole gamut. So I really grew up throughout the entire Bay area and, you know, and, and that fluctuated from, you know, meager, meager, um, uh, living to, you know, to, you know, kind of lower middle class, maybe, um, through my, through my, uh, you know, late middle school, high school years. Um, so, and then, you know, and then had kind of the, once I left and went to college, you know, back to the broke college student phase. And so it was, you know, and, and through those times. So, you know, it's, it's fluctuated for me and, you know, and, and never really, I think the, the whole, you know, material thing didn't really, I didn't really tap into it as much. Um, one, because it was that I didn't have access to it. And two, because I think, as you mentioned, my surroundings didn't lend towards, you know, being able to not only not ask for things, but, um, but it just, nobody else had it either. So it wasn't that, that big a deal for me. Yeah. That's interesting. Also, I think the value um, for, for those of you, because we haven't really said how we met, we'll get to that in a bit, but I ended, I ended up in the Bay area and just having the difference between uh, growing up from the time I was three to the time I was 21 in Orange County and then yeah. moving to the Bay and just the value of material items, how the shift. Yeah. I remember, uh, <laughs> I remember uh, dating uh, somebody who was very into drumming and into um, just really being 
you know, getting to his African roots and mm-hmm. he was a performer and he had a show and, and I showed up in uh, jeans and a puff coat. Like it was a, a white puff coat. So mm-hmm. it was all the attention on me, but, mm-hmm. but I just was, I stuck out like a, a sore thumb just because uh, my idea of fashion and my idea of attention and, and just not being, having the awareness of right. who I was completely yet. Uh, it was, it's quite interesting. A lot of people at that show had commented to either him or myself about kind of where I'd come from and mm-hmm. um, why I felt the need to dress that way at a concert. Um, but it, it was kind of funny and it just goes to show you just the difference in the value of material items, you know, just stepping on the scene that I just had no, real awareness of I just was like and the thing was was that that was that was just normal for you that wasn't you weren't like let me put this so I can go stand out and and be you know be like the 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 spotlight you were like I'm gonna put this on and go to the go to the show you know um but yeah that it's it's uh that's crazy and it's crazy and I know you said we're gonna we'll, we'll delve into how we met and everything but I never ever knew you to be materialistic yeah I, the I entire that. time that we've been together except for maybe like now you might you know <laughs> you got a few things <laughs> but well, uh, I, had, I had to grow into the few right 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 like we all did uh, I'm, I'm probably a lot more than i you know um than i had ever been in my life too and that's you know we talk about access and and exposure right so um you know, I think as I, obviously, as we've grown up, we've had different access and different exposure and, and then, you know, done, you know, fairly well for ourselves. And so, you know, being able to do, do some things and get some things was, was really it, but it never was it, you know? Um, and I don't, and it like the mission, you know, it wasn't the mission. It was just actually a side, you know, a part of it. And, and, uh, you know, so that's, that's, uh, that's interesting. It is. So, so, okay. So let's take it there to our friendship. Okay. Um, I think we're going to uh, probably uh, define friendship just as an organic definition of just what it means to be friends. But from what I was reading and I decided to kind of research in the urban dictionary, instead of just going through mm-hmm. the regular Webster's dictionary, since um, some, some of the definitions wouldn't, we wouldn't completely relate to, but what I found interesting um, from the urban dictionary is that it, it talked about friendship as a, as a choice basically, because you're not using a friendship um, to procreate. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're not, and you're not needing the friendship as far as like a paternal relationship where you have to care for someone else. Mm-hmm. So friendships um, in the urban dictionary, it really kind of describes it as something of choice, right. Where, where the, the loyalty and the friendship, uh, it comes out of uh, two people choosing to deal with each other rather than, you know, feeling that there was a, there's an extra layer of why you have to deal with somebody. So right. that's interesting. I, um, I can, I can definitely see it, you know, see it from those ends. I think that um, also though, that, you know, f- for some of us, you know, those friendships, although they're not paternal or maternal, they, they're definitely like sibling relationships. You know, you, you, you know, I have friends that I call my brothers, you know, I have, 
um, you know, friends that I call my sisters like you, you know, and, and, and would literally, you know, really kind of respond and react and move through those relationships um, with that kind of commitment. Like there was, you know, there's, there's really nothing that I wouldn't do for those who I call, you know, my brothers or my sisters. And, and I don't use that, that terminology friendship or friend um, very lightly. And I, and so for that matter, I would probably say that I have very few friends in my life. Um, I have, you know, like you, I know a lot of people and I have a lot of acquaintances that I, you know, that, that I even, you know, I care about that I have, you know, good relationships with. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that that word and using it to that context is definitely around loyalty and it's definitely around just the, the, you know, trust to expose yourself in a way that you wouldn't to other people. You know, I, I deem it a lot of times to say also that um, if I call you my friend, then you can come to my home. Right. Yeah. If, if you're not in that particular category, then I'll meet you at the spot. <laughs> you yeah. know? So, yeah. Well, what's interesting about me is uh, I am, uh, and I think we'll get into this on another show and on a deeper level, but I'm an introvert. So um, although for work, um, when I describe my occupation, um, because I run a market and I have so many employees, some people would think that I'm extroverted because mm-hmm. I'm always having to talk or present or train or give ideas. But honestly, I'm introverted, which makes having friends or adding friends really sacred to me. I, I have the same group of girlfriends from high school. Um, and they've been my friends, although some of them, the, the friendship obviously changed over time because of the different things that happened in life. And then I have family members who are, I would consider friends as well, just not mm-hmm. the, that we're related by blood and or family relations that we really actually are friends. And then every so often, maybe I'm going to say the cadence is about every four, five years, I'll gain like one mm. new friend. I'll add one new person, mm. but I would consider like, to your point, I would invite them to my home. Right. But other than that, as an introvert, I'm very um, private. Mm-hmm. So to, if you get into my house, if I invite you to my house, right. we're definitely on that on that friend level, because I'm again, like you, I will meet you at Starbucks or yeah. I'll hang out with you at the restaurant, but mm-hmm. you, you're not coming over here. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. And it's just, yeah. and, and it's, you know, it's just your intimate space. It's your, yeah. you know, it's, it's, you know, where you, um, you know, kind of your sanctuary and, and, you know, and then for me and for you, you know, that's where your family is also, you know? And so, you know, when you expose, you know, expose your home, you expose your, you know, your family. And if, if I expose my home, then I expose. And so there's a whole nother layer to that, you know? Um, yeah. So I, I, you know, I've always kind of felt that way, but I've, you know, I felt that way even more since I was married and since I have kids and I have daughters too. So I'm extra protective, um, yeah. you know, and you know me well. And so I, you know, that, that extra protectiveness comes with a whole lot, uh, you know, of 
protection. <laughs> so right, I'm, I'm just right. about, you know, about that. So it's, it's, uh, it's interesting, but I, I do, you know, I, I do, I love people. I think that, you know, and I, like I said, I have, you know, I have a lot of people that I feel are, are really good people that are really important, um, to my life. But, you know, sometimes, you know, you have to, you have to monitor. But I think there's layers, right? There's yeah, layers. Because yeah. I also like people, um, to a certain extent, I, I like people. I love engaging in conversations mm-hmm. with people, people from different walks of life. I, I love having conversations that are honest with people, kind of figuring out what their opinions and perspectives are on a gamut of topics, you know. And I might even walk away from that conversation saying, man, that person's real cool. Yeah. Like, I, I bet we would get along, but it might not extend past you know, maybe I hang out with them or eat lunch with them right. uh, at, at work or maybe I'll, you know, beat them out for a walk. Yeah. Right. So I have levels. Yeah. Without a doubt. Some levels. Right. Um, but, but to get to us, like, uh, I think people would be very fascinated. As you said, we've been friends for almost 30 years, which makes us real old, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but uh, how we met and, and how we grew into a brother sisterhood type friendship, mm-hmm. I think is, is pretty interesting and has taken a lot of different um, waves, I think yeah. of, of the way that it, it's evolved um, from the time, time we met. So why don't, why don't you lead in and kind of tell folks where we met and how. See, we met. So now you, so now you're going to, you're going to test my memory. My memory is going to be different than your memory. That's okay. I just, I just, I'll you know what? You. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to need you to fill in, um, you know, there, there's probably a reason, you know, I'm, I have, uh, have, have dips in my, in my long and short term memory. And so, you know, we'll, we'll leave that for what it is. So I'm going to probably need you to fill in, but I know, um, I just remember, uh, did we meet at the gym? We did. We okay. Did. So, so do, so yes. So I was a. For about four years, I was a personal trainer uh, at 24 Hour Fitness. I started doing that in Walnut Creek, and then moved to Oakland and uh, and got you know a little more serious about it and more involved in it. and uh, And it was uh, it was a, a an incredible chapter in my <laughs> in my life, um, a, a huge growth period in my life. And, and so a lot of the people that I know now I met through there and Sia happened to be, you know, one of the people and she used to come in there. I remember with her cousins and, and, uh, and friends and, and, um, you know, I thought she was cute. And so I engaged her. I probably was trying to sell her some training. If I think if, if, is that correct? Was I trying to get to, like, I was, like I was doing with everyone else really. And, um, and then, I don't know. What, how did we start like talking like, after talking that. after that? Did we just maybe we just ex- exchange numbers and and well, you, so I remember it as you you tended to like to come at, uh, come up to me when I was on like the treadmill <laughs> or where I was on something stationary where you it was right where you couldn't move I, around where I could exactly I could get I you get where around. you were stationary right, and I had to make a decision when you're trying to sell me your your training packages, whether or not I was going to continue with my workout or hop off of it right. and go elsewhere. Cause I, I tended to be very guarded at the gym. I yes. felt like 
you know, it was oh, a place. We, let's just be real. The gym was a was like like the club. Meat it market. Was, yeah, it was it was, you know, it was definitely one of those places. And that particular for those who don't know, that particular location was right in downtown Oakland. And it was like the magnet spot for all walks of life. And from it was not too far from the financial district. It wasn't too far from, you know, the lake. It was right on the lake, as a matter of fact. And so there was, um, you know, you had every single thing coming into into that same location. So, yeah, it was cra- It was kind of crazy. Right. And I went to so so every all the listeners are clear. Uh, I worked uh, at the Harriet Tubman Medical Center which right. was on Foothill, which was probably five or six streets away from this particular gym. Yeah. And at the time I used to be uh, like a gym rat. I like I would try to go before I went to work. I try to go on my lunch break. Sometimes mm-hmm. I would try to go after work and um, just to kind of get some exercise in there. So uh, it was the closest one. But I didn't. I like the fact that there were a lot of people and a lot of action in there. But I, again, I was there to work out, so sometimes it became, you know, a hazard. An annoyance. Of, <laughs> yes. Yeah, of Without working there. So I can't would wait until I got on to whatever equipment I had chose for my cardio, and he would pin me kind of over there talking to me about his uh, his packages of uh, of workout programs that he was willing to offer. Right. And um, he was super persistent. He would come and then I'd be like, no, I'm not interested. And then, and then he would come back. Well, you know, I was like, no, I'm fine. You know, I just like to work out on my own. And I like to take group classes as well. Right. So my whole thing was group classes, cardio. I wasn't really interested in lifting any weights, really. Uh, just trying to keep the weight down and stuff like that, thinking mm-hmm. that was enough. And uh, after a while, I think you just broke me down. So I finally was like, okay. He said, well, let me just take your number and, and I'll let you know when there's something good that comes up. Right. And then from there, I think we just ended up uh, talking more often when I was at the gym and then uh, organically becoming friends. Yeah. And then, and then, um, and then Sia comes from a, a really amazing family and at, I was involved in a lot of things outside the gym that had to do with, you know, kind of, um, kind of movement, just, you know, kind of moving, moving our people forward. That's the other thing about the gym. That side note is that it was, you know, it was full of black people and there were, you know, and, and, you know, people trying to get healthy people there for whatever reason they were there for, um, all ages. Um, and so a lot of my clients, you know, were, um, you know, were a lot older than me. Some of them were my same age, some of them were younger. And so it was, it was really kind of a haven for, you know, connection as well. But, um, but the, the, you know, as our, as our friendship continued and we um, began to talk more and just kind of seeing that we were, uh, we had a lot of parallels and a lot of kind of, uh, you know, we were in alignment on some things. Um, then she introduced me to her family and she introduced me to some of her friends and, um, uh, and then I got cool with them. And so that that kind of started to add <laughs> add some of the bond or some of the glue to to us uh, not really being able to get away from each other, you know, yeah. at that point either. So Although sometimes I try to get away from him, but yeah. he, he would end up being uh, everywhere I turned. So um, <laughs> Oakland is is a it's a small 
I would say it's a big community, but a small community at the same time. Um, My family, um, uh, I'll just say it's it's the Price family. They're very well known Mm -hmm. in Oakland. Um, My uncle uh, ran that uh, Harriet Tubman Medical Center and was Angela Davis's doctor while uh, she was incarcerated. Mm -hmm. Um, And he ran the Free People's Clinic as well for the Black Panther Party. So um, all of my aunts and uncles, uh, super conscious, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Really involved with all of the, the nieces and the nephews and the cousins and just making sure that we uh, were independent thinkers, that we were um, dialed into what was going on around us and that we were um, always kind of in there fighting for what was right or what we believed was right. So definitely a cool family to yeah. come from. Um very connected to almost everyone. I think everyone either knows one of the cousins or one of the nieces or nephews or right. aunts or uncles. So it's kind of uh, in Oakland. Um, for those of you who are going to be listening to us from there, uh, you probably do know one of the Price family. Uh, That's right. You know, uh, folks. You know, and uh, and then we have another generation that's come up now, which is super interesting. So all of the cousins and the nieces, kids now, they we all have kids, right? So that's now right. that's a whole another generation of uh, of of people in Oakland that are kind of conscious and really caring about what's going on now yeah. in society. So, um, but nevertheless, Akil had his own interests and in, uh, and. Uh, they they tied well with my family and that's right. He uh, just a small age difference, but he tended to get along with some of my cousins that were slightly older, maybe a year or two older, formed friendships. And so, mm. even if I wanted to get away from him, there was just no possible. <laughs> right, right. There's no real she'd possible come, way. She'd to come it. home to her to her aunt's house, and I'd be there with her cousin already before she even got there. So. There would be times like that happening. And so it was, it was, uh, yeah, no, it was good. And I, I just, you know, the one thing about, you know, and I'll say one more thing just about how much I appreciated that family was that it, um, you know, as, as, you know, kind of as starstruck as, as I was just because I was such a student of the movement. I was such a, um, so passionate about, you know, continuing our plight, as people uh, for justice and, and, uh, you know, and revolutionary and, you know, but, and, and to kind of, you know, get into being around these folks who were icons in that, in that era and and in that area, um, it just felt like regular family, which was super dope. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, there wasn't a whole bunch of pretense or anything like that around being around. And so I really attracted to, I got attracted to, um, being around that that space and uh, you know, like Sia said, whether she invited me or not, sometimes I was there. Right, but then you know what's interesting about our friendship is over time we we both went to the same university. That's right. Uh, we went at different times though, so we weren't. I don't think we were on campus at the same time. Maybe no difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we just so happened to go to the same university, and that wasn't planned. Right, that was just we both selected that university, which was. Uh, San Francisco state. That's right. Um, and, uh, one of the cool things about San Francisco states is it's one of the first university that had an ethnic studies program, right? That's right. 
So I went for sociology, but I got a minor in African-American studies. I was really drawn to it because I grew up in Orange County, as I stated. And then I had this family uh, in the Bay Area that was super conscious. And and for in order for me to really, I felt to, to really understand all of the history of America, because I was primarily raised by my mother, my father mm-hmm. passed when I was 12. I really needed to understand my own culture, right? right? And so uh, I'm sure we were both attracted to that university because of the offerings that it had and and, and just the consciousness that was even there Without and the kind of professors that were yeah. there. So, yeah, and, and yeah. it's funny that you say that. And I, I didn't I – re, I think I remember your – you know, what – where your focus was, but, um, but mine was exactly the same. I majored in sociology and minored in black studies. Um, and then I also, you know, spent time very, very, uh, much involved in the Pan-African Student Union on, on campus there. And with, you know, with a lot of that kind of movement as well, and then got involved with everything else that I could in, uh, in Oakland and around the Bay area. So it's um it's it's uh it's funny how we've intertwined in those areas because there would be times that we weren't you know like I said we didn't plan um, on being in the same place but we were whether that be protests whether that be um, just kind of functions and that kind of thing and so that was, so it, it became you know for me a a highlight when I would run into you at those things um, when it was unplanned and then obviously if we were going to something together or plan to meet up somewhere, then, then that was extra cool too. But it just, you know, as far as our friendship for me, it was, we just, we clicked. Um, I think we just clicked on, on, on a really um, kind of really like, I don't know what the, what the, what the word is, but it just, it, we just clicked and it, and it was, it was very easy Um and it's been very easy. I think we've had, you know, probably it's one of my most honest relationships in my entire life. And, you know, where we've been able to really tell each other some really intimate things that we've gone through and that we are going through. Um, and not just relationships, but just life stuff and how we're feeling about things. And, and uh, you know, I think that that's having that be done on a male and female uh, with a male and a female, um, you know, in a, in a really essentially platonic, you know, brother, sister type relationship. It, um, you know, I think it's, it's a pretty special thing. You know, uh, one of the questions that, you know, I, I wanted us to be able to hit on, and I think it will probably require a full on discussion elsewhere, but, one of the questions I wanted to hit on that's come up several times in my lifetime is whether guys or and girls can be friends. Mm-hmm. Right? Can they be friends? Uh, when I was 19 years old, I had a friend who told me that guys and girls could never be friends because one of them had feelings for the other one. Right. And I just emphatically was like, that is not true. I mean, I have so many guy friends. I don't even know what you're talking about. And I just, <laughs> didn't really want to believe that that could be the case um, because I, I felt like people uh, connect and, 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 and value your opinions and in talking to you. And it just couldn't all 
boils down to a sexual attraction. Mm-hmm. So, so what is your thought on, and, and I'm sure, I mean, when people watch this or hear this or right. whatever way that they get the information, they're going to be like, well, I have an opinion about this. And I brought it up at parties too. It, it tends to be very, uh, <laughs> Especially with married couples, it tends to get a little hot in the kitchen there mm-hmm. when I bring it up. But it, what is your opinion on that? Um, I'll just be plain. I'll be plain. Yes, I think it's possible. I mean, I think it. I think it's possible. I think it's interesting though because I think that it could start one way and end another way, right? I think that there are cases, in many cases, probably where. Um, where it may have started kind of with an, um, a romantic intent, but, and, and so I, so, so I think that it's a transition. And I think that what happens is you have people who, who, you know, even if they started that way, if they stayed the course long enough and it was genuine and the romantic part didn't really work out or it didn't click or it wasn't part of, you know, it just didn't happen. And they maintained a relationship. Oftentimes those become really, really great platonic friendships, you know, and I think that, you know, I think where people miss out is that they don't get past that part. You know, they, you know, there was only one track mind for this particular engagement with this particular person. And we only, you know, we only, this is what it was about. So if that doesn't happen, then we part ways and, you know, we may see each other and wave or that kind of be, you know, be nice, but, um, but it doesn't, it's very rare that it would turn into, um, I think a real friendship. And I think that, um, so I think, yes, I think that it is absolutely positive. It's my opinion that it's absolutely possible. And I think that it should happen. I think it's a very valuable thing, especially with males and females, because we need each other's opinion. We need each other's perspective. Um, you know, if we go, go with our own kind of one track, male or female mind, then we miss out on things that we, you know, that we could be, um, you know, can enhance our lives to a certain degree. So yes, my opinion is that yes, it should, it, it can happen. It should happen. It doesn't happen very often though. Right. Right. So I also think that you're attracted to who you're attracted to. So I do think it could potentially start out because there was something about that other individual that caused you to start the conversation or at least get the phone number or at least, um, you know, want to text or communicate with that person. But I, I think you learn uh, over time and as in any relationship that you guys are either compatible or not compatible. Mm-hmm. And that may happen before any physical situation occurs. It could happen after a physical situation occurs. Right. But I do think there's some discovery there. Yeah. I think it really uh, it kind of saddens me because I think that in the generation, at least my son, I have a son that's 20. Mm-hmm. Some of the the behaviors I see in that 20 year old generation is that instead of being mature enough to see how that would evolve, they ghost mm-hmm. or disappear or decide that in not having the conversation about that we're not compatible. It's easy just never to have a conversation at all and just move on, but they may be missing lifelong friendships that they could have because the reason that you were attracted or found commonality with that person might've been 
because you thought maybe I'll date this person. Right. But it doesn't necessarily have to turn into that. You just have to be mature enough to move through. I think it's also, I guess, to the converse of that, though, too, because I have a 16-year-old daughter. And I find that, you know, on the other side of that is that there is so much conversation, but they don't, it doesn't become anything. You know, I think sometimes that the conversation, because they are so intent, at least she is so intent in, you know, kind of learning people and, and, you know, and, and engaging them in, in kind of the, on an intellectual level and, and, you know, finding where her politics and their politics align and where, I mean, she's only 16, which is amazing to even be saying this because grown people aren't doing this to a certain degree. Well, she's your kid. So. <laughs> right. That's, so, but she's, she's, you know, and, and I just find that often um, more often than not, it doesn't, there's no like boyfriend thing that comes out of it. They just remain friends or they, or they don't because she, you know, it, it, there's not an alignment in those areas. And she's like, you know, well, I can't really fool with you because you ain't, you know, you, you're not about this or you're not about that, you know, and I, and I respect it, but I do find it interesting that, you know, that's where her and kind of her small group of friends um, seem to be. And I know how I was at 16. You know, and how, you know, probably many of the males are at 16, between 16 and 20, you know, using uh, using the example, you know, it's um, it's not that mature as that. And it's not that it's not as, you know, as as deep as that. And so, you know, so the ghosting thing is uh, is definitely a a thing. But I think also, though, that that this generation Males and females both ghost. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I, I not just a uh, just a guy thing to do. Oh no, yeah, no, I I think it definitely is is the thing to do, right? Number one, Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, you know, looking back where we didn't have the ability necessarily, or we didn't have a term around ghosting, right? um, You know, there there have been people, I think, in both of our lives that we probably have just decided to cut off in some way and, and avoid maybe because their personalities and our personalities just didn't quite mix. Right. Uh, but the fun, the funny thing about it is back in the day, I think we, we more just avoided the, the circle, right? We didn't yeah, necessarily you just, people just didn't call. People just didn't call again. You know, I mean, I, I you know, I, I can't say that I've never done that, uh, you know, being transparent. I, I can't say I've never done that. Never just like, you know, um, made a decision maybe on my end that, you know, this wasn't working out or wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And so, you know, kind of let it fizzle and, and end on its own, um, which yeah. you know was really unfair and, and unkind in some ways, you know, to, to certain people. So I apologize today, <laughs> but uh, I, guess I should too. I yeah. call that the, the fade to black. Yeah, I, exactly. I, I, <laughs> fade to black. They said, what did you say? I said, you know, just kind of lightly gray out until it becomes black. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly, exactly. But you know, it's funny, um, and this is probably a whole nother show too. And I know this is our first, our first show, so we, so we have a million topics to get in. And I, as we talk, we always—that's one thing about us too. As we talk, we like are coming up with a thousand other shows to do. But the other one is, I, I'm always thinking, um, 
that I'm so happy that I did not grow up in the uh, social media era like they are. Oh, me too. Like with the with camera phones and, uh, and, and social media and, you know, all of this, you know, we were able to like, you know, disconnect, be quiet about yeah. what's happening, you know, whether, you know, whether we wanted to or not, but we were able, we had the option to, you yeah, know, be, not be, be on Nico. camera. Yeah. Exactly. Not, not, not be, you know, not be, you know, to, to get in and out, to fade to black. <laughs> right. In peace. Yeah. Right? In without peace. somebody, without somebody knowing that you were at that party, you said you were going to go to. Exactly. Exactly. Right. We had it, you know, uh, this is, uh, this also is going to be another show, but you know, we, we had to do some real investigation to find out where people were back in the day. It wasn't, as easy as like just looking at their social media and finding out we had to like, yeah, you know, really dig in to figure, <laughs> you know, figure some investigation out before we could catch up. Oh man, I'm telling you. And then we, you know, and then we had landlines, you know, so for the most wow. part, you know, so we still, that, that was the best though. Were, yeah. We still were, you know, if you weren't attached to, if you weren't in the, in, in a location that had a, had a phone, then, you know, you catch you in traffic maybe. But it just it to me it seemed like we had so we had to do so much more kind of coordination and and you know maybe even planning I don't know it just was but at the same time I I don't remember it not being spontaneous I don't remember it not being you know that kind of it it it's interesting how we were able to accomplish all of that oh, without all the that. technology that they have now. Listen, I, I think again, that's a whole yeah, buddy. Show, right. We've got to get to at another point. But um for the first one, I think we should probably wrap this one up. And yeah. um I, I hope you guys think that the content that we are gonna provide or some of the things that we've said today are making you think about your own friendships, right? And and kind of what they are or what they aren't, or maybe if you have been open to having a friend from the opposite sex that you actually really do confide in, right? You really do have some vulnerability with so that you are always in your conscious mind getting better at how you relate to other people. So, yeah, no, and I agree with that. And I, I just, you know, I think that there's, there's real value in, um, in friendships period. And the fact that, you know, um, their work and if they, if, if they're real, they last, and sometimes they don't, you know, uh, one thing that we didn't mention, and I know we're closing up, but um, we've been friends for as long as we have been. But there's been spots throughout the years that we didn't even talk. But every mm-hmm. single time we reconnected, it was like we never disconnected. And um, exactly. and I think that that's, to me, one one of the keys. If there were, you know, if we were to list keys of what friendship is and what friendship looks like, um that's one of them. And, um, you know, this is just the beginning. So, um, thank you, Sia, for this conversation and I look forward to the next. No, thank you. All right.